This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. The book of Job is a fascinating book because it seems like man is doing everything that he can to do what he understands as right in responding with God. And it seems like God is the one who needs to be taught a lesson. Now, as believers, you're sitting here and you're like, ah, no way, unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable. But we oftentimes find ourselves confessing something with our mouth, but betraying it in our life. Sitting in this room, you would be a liar for you to say, what I've confessed, what I profess, that's what I've lived this week. You've not. And oftentimes in the book of Job, we see people who profess something very fervently, with eloquence, with zeal, and with boldness, denying the actual character and nature of God. The book of Job is very interesting. It's, it's very important because God cuts through certain wounds that you have in your life that you thought was healed. And he squeezes the pus out of it. I know. And you say, why? Why, Lord, why? I got used to walking with a limp. I got used to having that little cyst that no one knows about. You know, I built these other areas up. I put makeup and I'm able to cover it. And God says, I'm not happy with that. I want to see you without any makeup. I want to see you without any mask. And I want you to be able to live freely knowing who you are in me. And for you to know fully who I am. The book of Job is a very convicting book. It's a very, it's a very confrontational book. Because no matter how much, how old you are, no matter how long you've been a believer, the truths of God will come ahead and confront you. This week, I want to tell you prophetically, read your mail, Because this week, God has walked you through some certain familiar things from your past. And all of a sudden, you're wondering, why is this coming back to me? What is happening? And you're wondering if it's the enemy and you're trying to rebuke it. But I want you to know that God is walking you through a door. Okay, that's where the message, the title for this morning is God Behind Closed Doors. God is walking you to a door. And God wants to give you the tools you need to be able to open this door. And the book of Job, I told you I'm going to be preaching very differently. Typically, I like to go verse by verse, and I like to exegete, and I like to you know, teach from it, go to the Greek or go into the Hebrew. But, but the book of Job has been a book where God is really wanting to get us past our traditions into the new revelation that God has for us. I'm normally not this you know, prophetic, you know, let's go into the prophetic word of God. It's like, man, let's just teach the word and move on, because uh, my Baptist roots kind of keep pulling me back over there. But I believe that the time is short. And God really wants believers to get a good view of who God is and to get a good view of who you are so you can find yourself in Christ, not in what your tradition says you are. This morning, I believe that each and every one of you um, is going to be convicted from the Holy Ghost. Um, many of you are going to be convicted to serve God in a, in a way that God is actually calling you to serve. And many of you are going to be you know, convicted to actually give your life to Jesus. Some of you, you're, you're so-called believers, you're Christians, but all you have is just some religion. All you have is some tradition. You're not really born again. And this might be my last message because you might fire me after this. Job is very sincere. The Bible starts off, the book of Job starts off with, there's no man like him. Heaven is talking about him. Hell is fearing him. Job, he's a righteous man. The greatest man in the East. He's He's a great man on earth and he's a great man even in heaven. He's a man just like you and me. And he's... His pursuit is very sincere. But as you begin to read the 42 chapters in the book of Job, you see that his sincerity turns into irreverence towards God. Track with me, believers, please. He is sincere. And you might be very sincere. You might be very sincere to your traditions. You might be very sincere to your denomination. You might be very sincere to your church affiliation. But you're turning irreverent towards God. And God wants to squeeze that wound, that pus, and heal that wound. 
of irreverence towards God. And that's why God is going to confront Job. The friends of Job, Eliphaz, Zophar, and Bildad. These guys, they talk many things about God. And if you just were to take what the friends talk about God, you can write systematic theology out of that. And people will buy it for thousands of dollars. Because all of that is so profound and wise. And, and I told you, Eliphaz is eloquent. Bildad is bold. Zophar is zealous. But you're going to see God actually gets mad at them. God gets angry at them. Because the pursuit was sincere, but it was sincerely wrong. Church, I love you enough to confront you this morning from God's word, even in your sincerity. And it's okay if it's insulting, because I don't want you to stand before God and him say, you're very sincere, but you were sincerely wrong. Because you held on to the traditions of man and not to the revelations and manifestation I was showing you. What do you do when you're living in a country full of Christians, but there's no reverence for God? What do you do when you go to a church, after church, after church, after church, after church, and they're saying the right things? It's not like they're saying the wrong things, but it lacks the life that comes from God. What do you do when all of a sudden you find yourself outside, and it seems like God is behind closed doors? I know I'm talking to each and every one of you here this morning. I know the pin drop silence is an indication of the hunger in your heart this morning. You are outside and God is behind closed doors. What do you do? I'm not here to tell you three ways to open the door. But I'm here to tell you the three things that happen for you to receive the favor from God from behind the closed doors so that you can enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. The three things I want to talk about is humility. We're going to talk about the, the three things that happen when you begin to go through this door. Humility, obedience, or slash forgiveness. Humility, forgiveness, and favor. Humility, forgiveness, and favor. This week, you might have been praying, Lord, you're far from me. Lord, you're behind closed doors. Lord, I don't see you. Lord, my prayers don't feel like they're being answered. God, it feels like every time I pray, it's just falling onto the ground, and it's, you've gotten so desperate that you've stopped praying. You've given up on prayer. You would rather just look at some posts, some encouraging, uplifting posts on Instagram and Facebook, and, but you stop talking to the God of life because it feels like God is silent and he's behind closed doors. My heart breaks for you. And this morning, I want to challenge you from God's word, the keys that will unlock these doors that God is bringing before your life. You've been praying these doors away. You've been rebuking these doors away, but it's what God is bringing to your life. And then the keys that's going to open this is humility, it's obedience slash forgiveness, and then we begin to receive the favor of God. In fact, um, I was, I, we're supposed to be in a different chapter in the book of Job. And if you've been reading and following with us, we're supposed to be in chapter 38 to chapter 41, where God speaks to Job. And I started working on this, and I want you to be encouraged by, by this. God said, and I, I had my outline and everything written out. God said, no, you're not going to preach this this week. It's freaky, man. I couldn't sleep all night. God said, no, you're not going to. And God said, because you're not ready to preach this. Because these passages talk about the awesomeness of God. God said, you're not ready to preach it because you've not experienced what you're going to be talking about and you can't teach what you've not experienced. Otherwise, you'll go back to teaching traditions and I want you to talk about what you've experienced. God said, you're not ready and the church is not ready. And God said, you need to talk about this today and then you'll be able to appreciate the awesomeness of God. So I hope you are encouraged that you're in a church where a pastor is willing to be obedient and shut my mouth and not preach the passage that we're supposed to be preaching and skip ahead and move to where God wants us to go. We're only going to be looking at about six verses this morning um, from the book of Job still. But we're going to be in chapter 42. And number one, I want you to write this down. The door 
that only humility will unlock. We said we're going to talk about humility. This is the door that only humility will unlock. Humility is necessary for you to walk through this door, for you to get from where you are to meeting God who's behind the closed door. And why a closed door? Why does God have to hide behind a closed door? Is he frightened of you? No. God is behind the closed door because he requires you to have faith to be able to get up and open that door and to go meet him. He's made everything possible for you to get up and come. In fact, you're not so dead for you to realize that you need a savior. This morning you're here because you realize that you need a savior. And God is going to challenge you this morning to get up and to go to that door and to open that door. And the number one, humility is the key that will open this first door, the door that only humility can unlock. And God wants you to get up and open this door because it's going to require faith for you to move in this direction. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you want favor from God, you've got to act out in faith. And faith will begin with humility. Here we go. Job chapter 42, verse 7. Oh my God, break the, break the chains, Lord. Break the chains this morning, oh Lord. Thank you for strength. Thank you for courage, my king. Let's go. Job chapter 42, verse 7. We pick up from there. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, we will look at that hopefully next week, God willing. God speaks many chapters to Job. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my anger burns against you and against your two friends. Wow! Hey, number one, I want you to know this. God is not so hateful and vengeful that he will leave the friends to die. God, the book is called the book of Job. Yes, the whole book is about Job. But God has a place for Eliphaz, for Bildad, and for Zophar. What a beautiful God he is. What a gracious God he is. God could have said, this is about Job. Let go of those guys. Let those guys die. I'll be angry with them and I'll punish them in their wrath. But God speaks to Eliphaz and says, my anger is being kindled against you. And look at this. Why is God angry? For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Wow. Guys, please listen up. These guys thought they were bringing God's justice as they were yelling at Job, correcting Job. They thought they were being missionaries for Jesus. They thought they were being apologists. These guys thought, man, here we are. We're going to portray the name of God. We're going to elevate the name of God. We're going to glorify God by confronting Job. And all this while, they've been stirring up the anger of God. Believers, you need humility. You need to learn to shut your mouth. You need to learn to walk in humility. You need to learn to zip it and not speak out of experience like Eliphaz did. You need to speak out of discernment. And many times we lack discernment. As believers, we lack discernment. We, we see something, we read something, and then we go shoot our mouth. And look at this man in God's word. God says, my anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you've not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. These guys have begun to blaspheme the Holy Spirit by speaking without discernments. Too many times as believers, we begin to critique what God is doing just because you've not experienced God move that way. Just because you've not experienced it doesn't mean that it's wrong. In fact, when I was a very young believer, the Holy Spirit convicted me because I used to imitate these preachers on TV just to make fun. You know, pull up my leather jacket and swing it around and stuff like that. And I wonder if God convicted me, man. And he said, hey, what if that is the Holy Spirit working? You're making fun of what I'm doing? And I was like... I mean, literally, fell on my knees and said, God, forgive me. Never am I going to do that again. Just because I've not experienced it doesn't mean that God is not in it. And we're going to see, as I illustrate this, what happens in the book of Acts. It's crazy. Don't catch yourself blaspheming what God is doing because you lack humility to see that your God is bigger than your traditions and your understanding from your past. For Eliphaz, for Bildad, and for Zophar, God was not big enough to walk Job through suffering. I want to ask you, how big is your God? 
Is your God only so big that he fits in your tiny little theological box? Or is God big enough to actually walk you through suffering? To walk you through being broke? To walk you through sickness? To walk you through a divorce? And to walk you even through the valley of the shadow of death? Is your God big enough? This week, oh my God, man, I'm telling you. (laughs) This is a hard message to preach because God had to test this in my own life. I lost my voice yesterday talking to my mother because I had to preach this whole message with my mother. It was crazy. And we visited our past. And if I look down today, it's because of that. And I told you, God will walk you, God is walking a lot of you through your familiar struggles from your past and you thought you got over it, but God is bringing it back to the surface and saying, I am big enough. I can take you once again to your past and walk you again victoriously through. You thought you got to where you are because of your works. No way. It's because I was with you. You didn't recognize me then. Don't make me walk you through it all over again so you'll recognize me this time. And I sat with my mom and we spoke about our past. As she poured out her heart, she's in tears. And as a son, watching my mom cry, pisses me off. Sorry, I know I can't say that in church. I don't care. How big is your God? Is your God so small that he can only fit your stupid theological box? Because if God is so small, you are not saved. You are not saved. You only have some religion. You have some tradition. I love you, but you're not saved. You, have, you smell like a Christian, but you're not saved. And I'll prove it to you in God's word. And when God takes you through the valleys, you freak out because you're not saved. You freak out because your God is not big enough. When temptation comes from the past, you freak out because you're not big enough. Your God is not big enough. And all this while, you've only been working in your flesh, and that's why you're sleepless at nights. That's why you're worried. That's why you're stressed. Your God is not big enough. And for Eliphaz, and for Bildad, and for Zophar, God shows up and says, I was not big enough for you. But you preached like as if you knew me in and out. And you criticized my son, who actually knew me. Who actually knew that the suffering was not because of a sin. Who knew that the suffering was something else that God was doing. And his desire was, God, where are you? And he has his own faults, and we'll get to it. But as believers, I want to make sure we're not finding ourselves in the shoes of Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Sometimes you might think that you're defending God, when in fact God does not need to be defended. What God wants you to do is to get out of His way. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.